Happy New Year, everyone. Welcome back to the Flowtrack Podcast. I'm Kevin He's Gordon. Our email address, flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. Subscribe to our YouTube page if you haven't yet. It's called Flowtrack Podcast. We are remote if you're watching right now for, I guess, the duration of this week, maybe into, into next week, but pretty soon we'll be back in the studio. Gordon and I sitting side by side. Gordon is in uh, Pennsylvania. And he joins me right now. Gordon, how are you doing? Doing good. Happy New Year to yourself. How was uh, your last week? Last week was a weird week. I feel like when Christmas is on a Sunday, it makes totally you not work so much more than when it would be like on a Wednesday. <laughs> when Christmas is on a Sunday, that means New Year's Day is on a Sunday. Which yeah. means if you're a fan of college football and bowl games and you sort of oh, that's great. orient. Well, no, it's bad. Because the NFL takes it over on Sunday, and then you're super confused, and then you lose all orientation. The Rose Bowl is like three hours from now on January 2nd on a Monday when half of the country is probably working. It's just – it throws me through a loop. I think it throws other people for a loop who kind of like count on these yearly traditions. You know, like you kind of fall out of routine during the holidays, but there's a couple things you can count on. And when stuff like that happens, it is it is totally – I think totally bizarre, like just keeping track of what's happening when, like last week I was partially confused, like, wait, when is, when is New Year's? Like, has Christmas already happened? All, all sorts of stuff like that. But we're here. We're going to talk bold predictions. Um, we're also going to have a dunk update. We're going to talk about some, uh, some results that happened over the last week. Uh, if people have bold predictions, we want to see them in the chat. Put your bold prediction in the chat, write it down, and then save it like on your phone somewhere or email it to yourself. That way, if it comes true, you can remind us later on that you nailed the bold prediction. Also, Gordon, I found my last year's bold predictions. So I'm going to talk about those as well, too. And that sounds good. Yeah, I'm excited. Very bad. Very bad. They were wrong. I went, I, I hit some of my predictions, I believe. I, I was also very wrong about a few others. Did you look at mine as well? I didn't find yours. I just found mine on a, on a document that I well, had. We were on the same podcast. So weren't they? No, I wrote down my notes. It wasn't. I oh, didn't okay. find the rundown. You could pull up the rundown if you want, but you always keep things from me on the rundown. Like you never write what your prediction is going to be. But I guess you could scroll all the way back and try to find it. Uh, do you want to hear Let's mine? See if I find it. Yeah, I'm with, what are yours? What were what okay. were your 2022 bold predictions? So I made four 2022 bold predictions. One, Galen Rupp will win the world championship marathon. He got 19th. A second one, U.S. women will break the 4 by 4 world record. They ran very fast. They did not break the world record. Three, I continue my tradition of involving Grant Holloway in a bold prediction. And I said he will go undefeated, indoors and out, and go under the world record twice. Now, I, th- I meant outdoors on that one. So he never broke the world record in the 110s, and he lost three times. And then I said... No world record in the foreign hurdles, men or women. 50% right there. But where I was wrong, I was completely wrong because Sydney just smashed it. So I'm going to give myself zero out of four on my predictions for 2022. Okay, I'll go through mine. I said Paul Chalimo would win gold. That did not happen. I don't think he'd even make the team. I said U.S. women will break the 4 by 4 world record. That did not happen. No, no, that they... was mine. That was mine. That was mine. Oh, that was yours? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Abby Steiner 
breaking the 200 meter outdoor record. That happened. I said Shakari yeah. Richardson won't PR. Did she PR? Does she no, have a win legal no, PR? Um, she ran fast before USA's. I don't think it was a PR though, was it? I don't know. Ten seventy-two. I, I think twenty twenty. Ten seventy-two from twenty twenty-one. So is her PR? Okay. So she did not. Yeah, PR. she didn't. So I got that one. Not twenty. I got that one right. Yeah. I said Matt Centrowitz won't make world champs. I got that one right. So I think I went two for two. Two, two, two out of four. Two out of four. It's not bad. And I went zero two out, out of four. four. No, that's not. That's not bad at all. I will encourage. If I was you a major league hitter. I'd be all star batting cleanup right now. If I go two out oh, of four. Hall of, Hall of Hall Famer. Famer right? uh, I invite you to become a little bit more bold in 2023, though. Like just saying someone doesn't PR, not bold enough for that me. That was bold to say that a 21 year old Shakari Richardson doesn't PR. That was bold because she was going up. All right. Well, I mean, St- and I'm trying to think about Steiner breaking the collegiate record. And then making Team that was USA. Bold. That a was little bold. bit you, bold. Don't you dare take but this you, away from me. That was a bold you, prediction. But you've been picking her to do something every single year. And was it Centro doesn't make the team? Yeah, I guess. I was bold. We found out about was the injury. Like, okay. Why are you counting out Centro? Come on. Was bold. I'll just say mine this year are a, a level up from all of those in terms of boldness. So they're bolder? The they're, like air, they're like aerial black bold? Like super bold? They are. They are going 0 for 4 bold. That's how bold they are. (laughs) Low chance of of success. Do you want to do those now or do you want to save those? We'll we'll do that in the the second half of the podcast. Let's let's recap what happened. Uh, So it gives people more time to throw in their bold predictions. So we have a lot to read off of when we actually do that segment. For sure. For sure. All right. So a couple news items. Uh, There was a road race in Barcelona which was fast. Stop me if you heard that before. Uh, Joshua Cheptegei and Ejigai Ute uh, got the wins. Ty ran 14-21, uh, almost uh, breaking her own world road world record of 14-19. Uh, Cheptegei, he won the, the 10,000 running, what do you go, 27-09. It's still remarkable to me that people are able to run this quickly on the roads. Relative to the track, I get it. The shoes definitely help and assist in that. But Ty, um, only two seconds off for world record, gets a huge win. Uh, Klosterhofen was second. Jakob was supposed to run, but scratched. So we finally found a race that Jakob Ingerbritsen scratched out of. Took a while. Took till New Year's Eve to do it. Any thoughts on these results? these, These results were run on December 31st, correct? Correct, yeah. So that means I still have a shot to throw down a world lead? Yeah. Yeah. They should have, I guess, done it at midnight because then these guys could have got that world lead and women could have got that world lead. I have a question for you. Power rank, I think we all know number one would be Turkey Trot, right? Yeah. Holiday holiday road races is number two in the United States, we'll say, because these are kind of based around U.S. holidays. Turkey shot, we'd say, with number one, or any road race around Thanksgiving. Is number two, 4th of July? And if it's not, what is? And what does New Year's Eve need to do to get in the mix? Because I got to admit, some of these photos of these races happening late at night and New Year's, like it looks pretty cool. Like I watched the video, the atmosphere, the ambiance, looks kind of fun. 
But then you're asking people to give up their New Year's Eve plans to do this. Yeah. It's fun to, like, read about it and watch it, but I don't think it's fun to, like, run that that late at night. It kind of screws up your holiday. Because then you can't mm. really enjoy it. Then the next day you're tired. It's just, like, it messes with your – at least a turkey trot, you're running, exercising, and then you yeah. get you eat all the food right after. Here you're exactly. exercising, then it's the middle of the night. You go to bed, you're kind of drowsy, and it's just like, what's going on? And then all of a sudden, you got to go to work the next day. It's just like, not ideal. Um, but it is a cool concept that you run first thing the first day of the year. You know, people do the whole thing. They jump into water the first day of the year. They do like the polar plunge, mm-hmm. you know, to you know get, get the new uh, season's best first day of the year. Like, that's mm-hmm. a cool idea. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to go out there and run 27 minutes in a 10K the way Chapter Guy did, but, you know, <laughs> hey. He's at a different. What, he's in a different world. What could be number two? Because I don't think anybody's knocking off the turkey trot because of the reasons you described. It's tailor made for a road race because it's a holiday that takes place in the afternoon to early evening, depending on when you like to eat your food. And you're right; it's a physical activity that counterbalances what you're going to do the rest of the day, which is lay around. I mean, people say Thanksgiving and football go hand in hand, but it's really Thanksgiving and road racing. So I don't see anybody knocking off that as number one holiday road race. What what has a chance? Like, what's in the mix for number two? Do you think? Other than I think Fourth of July, but what else? St. Patty's Day. Okay. Because then you drink, you run it, you run the five k, then you, you then you go to the bar right after. You run to the bar, basically five thousand meters away. But the problem is, I don't know. St. Patrick's Day is a – it's the same, like, day every year, right? So it could be on a Wednesday yeah, or something. That's a problem. I did a Valentine's Day race one time. But, again, that could be any day of the week. Were you single or Thanks. in a couple when you did it? Uh, I was single, but the race is called – it was in Eugene, called a couple's classic. And you pair with somebody else, and then you combine times, and that's how they do the award. So it was it was Valentine's themed. Okay. Yeah. Were you? Uh, did you? Were you the? We didn't win. I don't think you didn't win. Okay. Was it because of you or because of your I, partner? I, yeah, me, me, me. Of course. Yeah, yeah. I I was the slower. I was the slower one. I mean, I I beat my partner in the race, but relative to to the field, I did worse. Yeah. I mean, Memorial Day that might be. It's a long weekend, okay. three-day weekend. That might be good. Monday. Um, it's on a Monday. Fourth of July is good. Christmas. Because then you go, you go Christmas to Christmas is never going to work. Barbecue after. Christmas, no. Yeah. And Fourth of July in the United States, federal holiday. So most people aren't working. Although some people are. It's not like Thanksgiving where just it's pretty much understood yeah. that people have the day off for that. I'm just wondering. I just wonder if there's some opportunity out there for an upstart holiday to to put a marker on the ground and say we're gonna be we're gonna be a road race holiday. Ooh Groundhog Day one up That'd be fun. Groundhog <laughs> Day Marathon. Again, yeah you gotta do it twice. You gotta do it over and over again. I mean Bill you Murray do like a really small loop. They make the loop they make the loop like yeah. only like eight hundred meters. So you feel like you're just doing yeah. the marathon loop over and over and over again. <laughs> That'll be funny. Uh all right, other bit of news. Uh, some more Milrose announcements. Lyles, Coleman, and Baker in the 60. 
Uh, do you have any thoughts on this? I have I have one thought, but go ahead and go first. Well, my first thought is Ronnie Baker, right? He I'm trying to remember what has he done lately. Because Start last year, right? He did run indoors. Um, he ended up getting sixth in the U.S. indoor sixty, but he ran a six fifty five. Uh, over there in Birmingham last year. But then, you know, outdoors, he was nothing, right? He ran one race in April. I guess yeah, I think technically he, hurt, right? he ran a four-by-one, and he was hurt. So, Ronnie Baker, though, if you go back to 2021, he was pretty good. I mean, oh, yeah. he ran – he got fifth at the Olympics. He ran what? Uh, what was his fastest time? He ran a windy 982. So – he went a win 90 legal, 983. Legal. Yeah, 983 legal. Yeah, yeah. Did that in the, the semis. semis. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There so, was, after the semis, there was, a, there was a chance he was going to be the gold medalist. Remember how wide open that race was? Final didn't work out for him, but there were a lot of guys in the mix. A couple things go differently. He had, he had a really good resume that year. Like, so I think that would have been a surprise if he won. It was also yeah. surprised that Marcel Jacobs won that race too. Like if if Baker had won that race, it wouldn't have been any bigger of a surprise than than Jacobs winning. That's for sure. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think that'll be interesting to see where he is at fitness wise, health wise. Because if Baker can get to twenty twenty one, Baker, this might be his final year being able to get to that because I think he's twenty what twenty nine now. What was he? He's born in ninety three, he, so he's coming up on thirty. Uh, mm-hmm. he's twenty nine. This is his last year to be like I think relevant for a potential global win, and we'll yeah. see how he looks at Milrose going up against Coleman, the best sixty meter guy, and Lyles, the best two hundred meter guy. My one takeaway from it was I just like that these guys aren't afraid to race each other, and I know it's low stakes, but it is one of the highest profile indoor meets of the entire calendar. So, and to get Coleman, Lyles, and Baker all together for a meet like this. There's not many events where you can bring together, what would you say, three of the top 10, you know, conservatively in the world in an event and you get them all together. I think it's going to be interesting for all three guys because Baker on the comeback, what does he have for 2023? Coleman, after how last year started, you know, he wants to get off on the right foot. He had the layoff because the suspension then came back. Well, now he's been back. Are we going to see the indoor Coleman that we've seen before? And remember, indoors last year, he was really good. And then Lyles, what chances he have at, at a potential double? He said he wants to really emphasize that, that portion of his race that's been a weak spot you know, in, in previous years. Well, the 60s is a good spot to work on it. So I think this is actually going to be an interesting uh, barometer for all three of these gentlemen, which you can't say about every single indoor race in the end of January. But I think you can, can say that here. Yeah, I'm excited. It should be good. And I think the conversation you and I are going to be having over and over and over again throughout all of 2023 is going to be Noah Lyles and the 100-meter dash because we know what he's going to bring the two. We know what the 100-meter guys of Curly, Baker, Coleman, Bracey are going to bring in the 100. But Lyles and the 100 can go one of two ways. It can go to like, oh, yeah, he's good. like, Or it could be like, holy crap, he's great. And we just don't know what we'll get. So, Gordon, I don't think it'll be bad. It'll Gordon, be good or great. Hot take. Gordon, you're you're stealing my you're stealing my bull prediction here. You're going okay, down well, the road, and I'm going that. with the bull Sorry. prediction. 
I don't know. It's all good. It means I'm on to something. Or maybe I'm uh, off of something. Maybe you're off. Uh, next next topic. Uh, keep the bold predictions coming in the chat. I'll just read a couple here. I'll sprinkle a few in here before we do our uh, next story. You ready? Uh, yeah. Bold prediction. Forrest says Keeley defeats Mo in Budapest. Uh, all in the game says Mary Ooh. Mora is still the wild bet in the 800. So... Um, Lefty Lewis says Sharika Jackson breaks the 200 meter world record. Ooh. Got some other ones here. Fred Curley breaks 9.7 in Budapest. Ooh, Asiru says Toby Amasan will go under 12 seconds this year. I think that counts as bold for sure. Um, Forrest says Parker Valby wins a 5,000 outdoor track NCAA title. Yeah, I don't, I mean, at this point, I don't think that'd be a huge upset. Um, Lamont Jacobs wins gold again, according to Ron. Tampa Eagles says a thing under 49 on the flat 400. And Sydney under 48.25 on the flat 400. Okay. Lamont Jacobs winning the 100 would be wild. I know that, like, we needed him to do it again, and he did do it in the 60. But if Jacobs it won would the be... 2023 outdoor 100-meter title, I would be – I don't know. It'd be weird I mean, because good. he would have gone. Yeah, but he would have gone from underdog, totally out of nowhere, Olympic champion. Then he's the established guy, but then because of injuries, and then he so he'll fall all the way back down, and then he'll be underdog again, and then he'll win it again. I think would be crazy. And that'd be crazy. Kind of like my Philadelphia Eagles. They were great. They were underdogs. They won the twenty seventeen. Yep. Super Bowl, yep. and now this year, underdogs again. We're going to win it. Sorry, and then you showed up in there. to a game and jinxed them. So. I did. You, First ever you're, NFL game, you're... and they lost. <laughs> Afterwards, I saw on Instagram, I said, oh, no. Oh, no, he did it again. <laughs> I mean, not that you've jinxed in person, but just when you're watching with groups of people. You did it to France in the World Cup final. You did it to U.S. in the uh, first round of the knockout stage. It's like whenever Gordon's around people cheering for the same sports team. Look out. Um, Cooper <laughs> tier sub 1255 from Charles. Whoa. And then extraordinary says Grant Fisher medals in the 5k and the 10k. Okay. Oof. So I almost went. Okay. So I almost did. Since I'm not doing this one, I'll just say it right now. I can give you guys some of my discarded predictions. I almost went Grant Fisher gets gold. But I realize you you own all the Grant Fisher stock. Like you are the Grant Fisher guy, you're the yeah. I don't know the spokesperson, him and Abby Steiner. Yep. So I didn't want to take that one from you, but I thought that that qualified as appropriately bold. Yeah, almost that was on my mind for potential, but I kind of wanted to stay away from the classics with my predictions. Ah. But at the end of the day, I'm still kind of – there's still some classics in there that I'm sprinkling in my bold <laughs> predictions. But I feel like it was too on brand for me to have Grant Fisher wins gold. So I yeah. had to change it up. But it's one of those it. things where if he – on one hand, if he does it, you're just like, oh, my gosh. How did Grant Fisher pull this off? Look at how stacked the rest of the world is in this event. But on the other hand, you actually go back and you watch the 5 and the 10. And he's right in the mix in both races. And you say, hey, we probably should have given this guy better odds because 
if he positions himself a little better or if his kick just gets a tiny, tiny bit better, he could have been in the mix. Saying he's going to medal, I don't think is bold enough to qualify, right? He's one or two spots out of a medal now going on two championships in a row. I think the the bold move would be to say he's going to get gold, right? He's going to beat he's going to beat Chepta guy, he's going to beat Barrega, he's going to beat Jakob and get get a gold medal. That's the that's the bold one for him. Um what else we got? No allows runs 640. Femke Bowl beats Sydney in a race somewhere, maybe not world champs. And then Jacob Wolf says Cade Flat wins NCAA 800 and makes team USA. Well, the 800 could use that for sure. All right, we'll get to ours in a sec. Want to talk uh, one other news story. Found this out on New Year's Eve that Wild Duck, the bar in Eugene, just a few blocks from Hayward Field, uh, is closing or is closed by the time you've listened to this. Been open for 27 years. Hasn't been in that exact location for 27 years, but as soon as it did move to that spot, it became the place to go after meets at Hayward. And if you follow track and field, you know that there's a lot of big meets at Hayward, a lot of track memorabilia on the walls. You could find coaches there after meets, athletes, fans from from all over the world would would go to Wild Duck after the meet. I know you had some great memories there, these championships, but from events past as well too. It was in the perfect location for a post meet meal or beverage, right? Like that's just like the exact spot you'd want it to be in. Um, if you're looking to just sort of continue the party or continue the excitement from from what was going on at the meet. So sad news out of Eugene, because I know a lot of people really had a soft spot for the Wild Duck. Yeah, it was uh, kind of reminds you of like when Coogan's closed, the track bar that's by the Armory that closed a few years ago. Um, it's a bummer, but that's just the nature of restaurant industry. Like it's hard to keep a restaurant going forever. Like. It's a hard business model, very small margins, and it's kind of hard to keep it going. There was a quote from the general general manager, Alicia Perkins. She said, my children have worked here. The assistant manager, her two daughters work here. We're a family business in every sense of the word. That's part of the emotional nature of this kind of closure. It's all of those stories, all of those relationships we've built over time are coming to a close. Yeah, and it. It's differently. It's not just a regular restaurant. Like you said, it was a restaurant that was themed for track, which is pretty mm-hmm. cool. And when you're, when you're a niche sport and you have something, you know, hell, like anytime a sandwich is named after a track runner, we think it's a big deal. So a whole restaurant yeah, yeah. where track was the overarching theme, um, it's a bummer. I do try to think of yeah. uh, my most memorable moment. It's It's not even like like a star sighting there or anything like that. Cause whatever, like yeah, the athletes go there. Um, yeah. I just remember I was sitting there at like after a track meet, it was probably the Olympic trials 2016. Mm-hmm. And um, we're sitting there, I was eating with uh, colleagues and an assistant coach or a school sat with us and was friends with one of my colleagues. And he was like, telling us about how he's going to have a good cross-country season. And he's like, yeah, we got this guy coming in. His name's Matt Baxter. I think he's going to be pretty good for us. We think we're going to be pretty good. And I was like, really? Mm-hmm. And that was the first moment when they, it was the NAU assistant coach came in and was basically saying, yeah. hey, we got something brewing. And then now that was the, mm-hmm. first, the year they won the first one. 
Then they went on to win again and again. So that was the little summer preseason before the NAU run when they were told like, hey, we got this guy, Matt Baxter, coming in. He ends up finishing like top 15 as a sophomore and the rest was history. Yeah. So kind of cool. I do think because there's still so many big meets, there's going to be another place. Now it's not going to have the history. It may not have the strong connection to track and field right away, but there's going to be another place where people gather after a meet because people are always going to want to socialize, party, have a good time after, after going to the meet. The other thing too is one thing that people liked about it and people bring it up. It's like, Hey, everybody's here, right? The athletes, it's so cool to be able to see these pro athletes out there along with coaches or just like icons of the sport too, right? People who had retired like legends and you're just like, Oh my gosh, like they're at, they're at the spot that I'm at. I think that's going to continue though, because that to me is just the nature of track, right? The nature of track is that it's a very small community. So you're always, if there's a spot to go to, you're going to see everybody that you saw at the meet, unless it's in just this gigantic city, which Eugene is not a gigantic city. So there's only a few places to go to track is a small community. I think you're still going to be bumping into um, like track and field royalty when you go out to these places. So I think that's the, Something to keep in mind. All right. Should we get into our bold predictions? Yeah. Bold predictions. So All right. I have three. You have three? I, I have three as well. Hopefully we don't have the same. Yeah. I didn't want to write them down because I didn't want you to know my three. I want you to be kind of like, whoa. Same. What if we had I the told... exact same three bold predictions? That would be amazing. I told Colt, I sealed them in an envelope, and only Colt and the executives from Ernst & Young are aware of the results okay. of yeah. my bold predictions. So, Mine are just on a notepad on my desktop right now. All right, you go first. Okay. Uh, first one. All right, you want increasing level of boldness, or do you just want no, just any order? Chaos. Random. Just randomize it. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm going to hit you hard with one. Right out the gate. Boom. I'm going to smack you in the face, Gordon. 2023. Ready? Right. Ready for this? Yeah. Ready for this? Yeah. I'm going to ask you a question, first of all. What's the one event where the qualifying standard got slower for the Olympics? You know the answer? Men's 400. Men's 400. Men's 400. Not going to be slow forever. I'm going to call it. Men's 400-meter world record goes down. In 2023. By who? I don't know. Likely <laughs> candidate, Michael Norman. Mid-43s a lot. Maybe he has his perfect race. Maybe it's someone we haven't heard of. But you're not going to keep the men's 400 down forever. World record. All right. So, like, Stephen bold. Gardner, that? Michael Norman. Maybe yeah. that is bold. Maybe, there, 40, maybe there's a young guy. 43. Is it going to be a 4302, 4301, 43 flat? Would it be a 4299? It could be. We could see a 42, but we're going to see it this year, and it's going to come out of nowhere, and everyone's going to say, wait a minute, that event seemed like it was a, a little stuck. Okay. But nope. It's back. It's back in a big way in 2023. Yeah, Gardner and Norman, they're both – they ran their 43 fours in uh, 2019, so we'll yeah. see. You're not – they're going to catch lightning in a there, There's always at least one or two performances at, at World Championships or maybe at USA's where it's like, whoa, that one jumped out. 
Didn't see that coming. I mean, Champion Allison, he did run 43.7. He's young. Yeah. He had to be young. I mean, I don't know. This they is don't call these things mild predictions, Gordon. They don't call them yes. tepid no. predictions. They call them bold, bold predictions. Yeah. It's going one way. Kevin's driving the other way with this one. Everyone's, oh, 400. Oh, 44 is going to win the – nope. World record in 2023. All right. You ready for my next one? Or my first yeah. one? Yeah. I'm going with Caitlin Tui will make a world team in 2023. As for what event, I don't know. Probably the 5K, I would guess. Maybe the, not the 15. She'll probably do the 5K. But 5K, Caitlin Tui will make the team. That's a team it. last That's the year. Prediction. Who, who was on the, who was on the team last year? Women's five thousand. Uh, I forget. So we had Infeld, we had Schweizer, we had Cranny. Oh, Cranny and Schweizer look solid. Obviously, Infeld. Um, you can never count her out. Like what a comeback she had to get back there. Um, I mean that's going to be tough. That's going to be tough. That's a that's a pretty stacked event right now. And Schweizer, man, just Schweizer and Cranny have both had just moments where they've been operating at such a high level where you think, okay, they're gonna they're gonna be the ones to break through internationally in the five in the way we've never seen a U.S. woman do it at a at a major championship. Um, so it's tough to see those two both not making it. So can I tell you why I went with this prediction? And also a reason why I didn't say Grant Fisher winning gold. Because originally I had Grant Fisher winning gold as my bold prediction, but I switched it out no, to Caitlin Tui making the world team. You want to know why? I think... You had, a, you had a Fisher prediction and you'd walked away from it. I walked away from it. Come on, man. Because I put some thought into it. I think we might see a little bit of... Not on their A game from the Bowerman athletes due to this new transition from Portland to Eugene and a new okay. transition of their coach going to everywhere for Oregon track schedule. I think obviously talent is still going to be talented. Like it's not like they're all going to fall off the face of the earth, but I do think they're not going to be all a pluses. I think we might get a couple a minuses, maybe a B plus from some of the star Bowerman athletes. And if that happens, Opportunities may arrive for other up-and-coming athletes, someone like Caitlin Tui. So as we Schweizer and Cranny are very solid, maybe one of them falls apart and, it, and like they get in on the 10K and then they have a bad day in the 5K, right? It could happen. Enfeld uh, has kind of re resurrected her career, but Caitlin Tui's good. Yeah. And I think we saw what she did in that cross. That was a hard gap to close on a hard course. So... I think Kaylin Tui yeah. makes her first team. We saw Abdi Hamid Nur do it on the men's side last year. I think Kaylin Tui can do it on the women's side. What if I told you there was someone who ran a 5,000-meter race 20 seconds faster than Cranny and Schweizer last year for the U.S.? Would you believe that? You know who that person yeah. is that you're discounting? Alicia Monson. Alicia Monson. Yeah. 14.31. 1431. Again, not impossible. You're right. You have the five and the 10. Some people make it in one, scratch the other. 
But U.S. women's 5,000 running right now is is really good. All right. That's why it's like bold, Kevin. I'm being bold. Being bold. I mean, not as bold as mine, but I like it. I kind of put you in a what tough you? spot. I set the marker there pretty I, – I put the bar pretty high, but that's okay. That's okay, okay. On, on a you scale of 1 to 10, how bold is your first oh, – we'll, we'll rank our bold our boldness when we release all six of our that. predictions. We will. All right. All right. Here's my so, next one. Here's, here's my next one. Okay, we talked about this guy earlier when we were talking about the Melrose games. And his name is Noah Lyles. All right? I'm going to say that Noah Lyles pulls off the devil in 2023. That's my second bold prediction. He sweeps the 100 and the 200. We all know 200 is not a foregone conclusion. Knighton is good. Kenny Bednarik is good. You could have Fred Curley double. You have Andre DeGrasse. It's a tough, it's a tough event to meddle in. I'm not saying he's a surefire lock, but he certainly goes in as a favorite running 1931 last year. Then we go to the hundred. We know he wants to run the hundred. He's wanted to double for a while. He hasn't had the same success, obviously, right? He didn't even run it at USA's um last year. But I just think the pressure is going to be completely off. And I think that men's hundred is wide open. He doesn't need to run the 200 at USA's to qualify. He has the buy. The U.S. gets four entries into the world championships in the 100. So you take Curly out of the 100. So he just needs to finish in the top three. And I just feel like it's going to be really tight again this past year. Remember how close it was between Curly, Bracey, and Bromel. I think Lyles could figure out a way to get in the mix, maybe one or two things break his way, and he's able to edge it out. So I know his PRs aren't as good, right? He's a 9-8 guy. Those three, Coleman, Bromel, and Curly are all 9-7s, and then you can't discount Bracey because he's proven he can run with those guys as well too. But right now, I think if you were to rank them, where would you have Lyles in the U.S. 100 rankings right now? Six, seven, eight, maybe something like that. So I do think this qualifies as a bold prediction for him to to pull it off. I just think he's going to be – I think he's really confident in the two, so all the focus is going to go to the 100. And we saw last year at the end of the season when it's time, like Lyles can, Lyles can deliver. So that's what I'm going with. So instead of elaborating on your bold prediction and giving my take on it, I'm just going to give my take on your bold prediction by giving my second bold prediction. And it's a prediction okay. I made in the summer. I genuinely think Kenny Bednarik will win the 200. The and I don't think it's going to be because... Gordon. I love it. I love the counter. And, I, and I, Don't get me wrong. I don't think Lyles' career is peak. I think Lyles will go on and break the world record in the 200. Like, I don't... And I think he'll go on to win another gold. I just don't think he's going to win gold in 2023. Specifically this year. I think Kenny B wins this year. I think... I could see Lyles breaking the world record in the 200 this year, yet losing in the 200-meter final. Yeah, he'll break the world record at some Diamond League meet afterwards, like at the Prefontaine final, breaks the world record because he's so pissed he didn't win the title. And he's like, All right, I got to show out there that I can do craziness. But I think, I don't know, I just got this vibe. Wow. The wow. best don't always win. And I feel like there's a situation where I can see Lyles having a stellar year but not have that one title in the 200. So you're saying something weird just happens in the final. 
and he doesn't win the yeah. two. Is that what you're saying, basically? Okay. Because yeah. I'm making almost a similar I don't think Kenny B is going to be running 19-3 or anything like that. I think Kenny B wins in, like, 19-5. Okay. I think just because I'm making Lyles a similar a case. Day. I'm making a similar case for why he wins the hundred. But I believe I have more evidence for that because last year it was really close in the hundred. He wasn't involved in it, but it was it was really close. Whereas the two, it was Lyles by by a lot at the end. So he would have to have a a pretty bad day in the two. I just yeah. I just like where he's at right now. I think the pressure is is off. And I think when he's runs free, he's really hard to stop. Yeah. I just think that, like you said, I think he probably has that. I think also the factor that he says he has a 200 locked in, right? He's probably not even going to run the 200 at USA's. He might be a little Correct. rusty in the 200 because he's not going to be as folk need to be as focused, focused because he has the buy. He's going to be focusing on the hundred, all yeah. this stuff. is like 200s in the bag. And then wait, oops, it wasn't in the bag after all. Cause Kenny B is Mr. Consistent. He's going to show up. Even yeah, though he had yeah. an injury-plagued season this year, he still showed up and ran well when it mattered most. Came on, peaked at the right time. And I just like Kenny B. I think he wins the 200. And I said, I think he wins the 200. I think Noah Lyles wins the Olympic title in 2024, and then Arian Knighton wins in 2025. You're getting ahead of yourself on the bull predict. We're only doing one year's yeah. worth of predictions this year. All right. I know, I know. But Kenny B, 200-meter world that, title. That's bold. I think that's, that's bold. the first... Yeah, that counts. I think I think that's the first ever counter prediction. I think that's the first ever counter prediction in the history of bold predictions. Like, no. Let me put craziness on top of more crazy. Yeah. All right, you ready for my last one? Yep. All right. So my last one, it's not as bold once I explain it. It's going to come across as bold. But really, when you break it down, it's not too crazy. So maybe it doesn't even meet the threshold for boldness. But it also is predicated on a lot of things happening. And I'll just summarize it in one sentence. All new world championships. I screwed that up. All new world champions. Try that for a third time. There will be all new world champions in the women's sprints and hurdles in 2023. All new world champions in the women's sprints and hurdles. So let me clarify 100 hurdles, 400 hurdles, those four events. Yeah. And I said it wrong again. I'm no one's going to repeat. No one that won in 2022 will win in 2023. Yeah. Okay. I screwed that up like five different ways, but you get my point. Nobody will have all, none of the 2022 sprint or hurdle champions on the women's side will win in the same event where they won in 2022. That's that's what I think. So, so Shelly's losing through. the 100. Shelly's losing the 100. So Frazier Price, let's just go one, two, four, right? So, or one, two. Let's just break this up into groups. The one and the two, Frazier Price and then Shrika Jackson. I think Elaine Thompson, hurrah, is going to be back. I could also see a scenario where they they switch, like flip the events. I know Shelly Ann's stronger at the one than the two, but maybe Sharika wins the one, maybe Shelly Ann. Uh, wins the two, but I'm just not counting out Elaine Thompson raw 400 Miller Weibo. We know going away from the event and I believe Sydney's going to run it, which brings me to the foreign hurdles. I don't think she's going to run it again. This is just a prediction. It's just a guess. No information here for me. Yeah. Which would leave it open for Femke Bowl or Dalila Muhammad or whoever. And then that just leaves the high hurdles. 
and I know Toby Amason is the the world record holder, but that event, just remember how tough that event was, top to bottom, one through eight. It's real hard. So I think we're gonna nobody's gonna repeat on the women's sprints and hurdles. What I want to do is I want to take this segment and I want to title it Kevin doesn't believe Shelly and Fraser Price will win the hundred meter title. Kevin doesn't believe in Shelly and Sharika. Dude. I want, I want the country no, just, to make it come after you. No, but I'm saying it could be Elaine. I'm saying it could be the other yeah. one. I'm saying it's it's real close. So there's no guarantees that they're going to hold on to those titles. The other one I was looking at, I didn't do this prediction, but I was looking at people who had won back in Tokyo. So who are the Tokyo Eugene winners? And how many of the Tokyo Eugene winners could become Tokyo Eugene Budapest winners? And if you look at the just the running events, it's El Bacali, who's still in the running. Emmanuel Career is still in the running. Miller Weibo, a thing Mo, Faith Kipiegon, and Sydney McLaughlin Ravoni. There's only six that won two. How many of them can extend it to three? I would argue you're going to get that down to about two, maybe, this year. In part because the scratches, though. So it's not as fun, right? Like Sydney. Not getting the title because she doesn't run, or Miller Weibo not getting the title because she's not going to run is not as fun as, oh, she's going to get upset. I was going to say all of them will lose, but there's no way Faith Kip Yegon is losing. So I'm just never going to make that pick. I like it. It's good, bold. Good, bold pick. You yeah. ready for mine? And don't get, don't get the country of Jamaica uh, mad at me because that's your job. So, Kevin, what is, when I say these numbers, I'm going to say four numbers to you. What? Tell me what they are. Yeah. Nine seven eight, nine eighty eight, nine eighty two, nine fifty eight. Well, the nine fifty eight context, is bold. please. Nine fifty eight is bold. Oh, are those the PRs of Jamaica's world record four by one team? The members of it. They're the seasons. They're the PRs heading into. The world record. Of 20, it's, it's the the pre twenty twelve PBs of oh, okay. the four relay okay. members of the Jamaica world record team that ran in twenty twelve. Okay, now, so I got it. I will note. Yeah. You got it. Yeah, I will note that one of those PBs was Johan Blake of nine eighty two. He did go on to run nine sixty nine in twenty twelve, but before twenty twelve, yeah. his PR was nine eighty two. He ran nine sixty nine yeah. in twenty twelve. Here are yep. the PBs of four U.S. men, and I'll include a fifth. 976, 976, 976, 983, and a 985. The 985 is Bracey, the 983 is Baker, and then Bromel, Coleman, and Curley, as we know, all have the 976s. You take the average of those four. The Jamaica team went into 2012 with an average of 9765. This U.S. Yeah. team goes into 2023 with an average of 977. Mm-hmm. Not much of a difference. So my bold prediction is Team USA breaks Jamaica's 4 by one world record. Boom. And will there be another video about this? But it's not just Bolt making fun of you. It's all four members of the team making fun of you, saying 24 what? Hey, maybe. Or, uh, you know, here's the thing. I thought about... Originally, I thought about spreading out 
my prediction be like, hey, one of Bolt's world records will get broken because then I can kind of be like, hey, maybe Noah Lyles will break the 200 and I kind of have that going. Mm-hmm. But no, I was like, no, I, I really think it's most likely in a four by one because that's not all a Bolt record, right? That's only 25% of a Bolt record because there's, you know, four men doing it. Mm-hmm. I just look at these times like U.S., they're all catching fire now. I mean, I was looking at the ages of Carter, Freighter, Blake, and Bolt. They were 26, mm-hmm. 29, 22, and 25. Yeah. Romel, Romel, Coleman, Curley, and Baker is 28, 27, 28, 29. So, like, it's now or never. Like, I don't think they're going to get any faster next year. I mean, unless Williams can come in and kind of throw in some no, more youth. Yeah, there, you're right. You're right. Yeah. yeah this is, right. the, this yeah. is the last time to, to really be on all four cylinders. And I think they have the loss, right? to Canada, so there's that motivation. And they ran really well, well in 2019. Before. They, they had, had motivation, motivation before. before. But They've had a lot of losses. I think most people would say yeah, just I know. worry about getting the win. That's no, what they would but say, like, get the win. They ran, really, they ran really well in 2019, I think, because it's, you know, middle, it's out in Qatar. We're now out, there's no the Olympic pressure or the U.S. home, home track pressure. It's just like, hey, it's another world okay, championship. But- and then also, this isn't including Noah Lyles. Maybe Noah Lyles, like you said, goes in there and becomes another nine-seven guy. And then we're gonna have four nine-seven guys going at it. Like that is world record type roster. So, my prediction: here's a, USA yeah. breaks a world record in the four by one. The thing that you said as just a point of clarification, though, is a big deal, which is that Johan Blake ran nine sixty-nine that year. That he was a sub nine-seven guy. So they had a nine, a sub nine six guy on their team and a sub nine seven guy on their team, and right now the U.S. doesn't have any sub nine seven guys on their team. So in addition to uh, needing to be really clean with Curly, the handoff, you don't think you don't think Curly, Bromel, or Coleman are going to PR this year? Mm, they're all going to all the way to. I think at least below nine seven. I think at least. I think two of these. You're just giving PRs like candy. Everybody's going to get a PR. No, I don't Come on, think Coleman's going to be much better. Coleman now has another year in him. Like Coleman is set. To sure, Coleman's sure, going to be running all the nine seven two. Okay, that that, but that's not what I said. I said something. And then I think seven. Curly runs his you nine had... six. Curly runs a nine six. And then okay. if Lyles the comes thing, in hot, dude, they have so the talent. They have team? the depth. Six guys. That's your team. Six guys. Coleman seven technically. So maybe. your team is your team is Coleman Bromel. Curly and then Lyles or Bracey? The team is the four fastest men in August. Okay. And I have a, I have a squad of eight to pick from. My eight are Coleman, Here, Bromel, Curly, Baker, Bracey, Lyles, Williams, and then you're right. random depth person has, that yeah. no, no, one is, no one's thinking about. Depth has never been an issue for the U.S. And playing the PR game is fun, but if you played the PR game last year, the Jamaican women would have crushed the 4 by one world record. And they didn't. Because then you have the factor of just doing it on the day and only really getting one shot at it. If I knew they were going to run it two or three times, I'd be all about it. But the problem is it's one race that this all comes down to. You get one shot at doing it, which... I agree. That's what makes this prediction bold because they got to be perfect on the day. But there is a there is a talent gap there. 
because when you have Bolt running as fast as he was in 2012, you know, he didn't run the same time as he did in, in, in Berlin, but he was pretty damn close. Right. Yeah. But they that also had come, Michael can, Freighter on their team. who was a 988 guy. Like it balances yeah, yeah, out, but that's, yeah, but, but that's, that's in line with sort of where the U S is fourth person will be too, but it doesn't really balance out know. because also both on a relay leg, man, that's a little bit, it's a little bit different, right? Cause he's, Get he gets moving and he's, he's, it's like he's obviously the two hundred meter world record holder too. So he's going to be better with that flying start. Yeah, I would be surprised if this happens. So I will give you credit if if they get this. I will tip the cap to you as someone who's gotten numerous relay predictions wrong. I'm speaking to you from past experience. I got the women's four by one wrong. The women's four by four by one and four by four. I think at some point I might have predicted. The U.S. men could get the four by four record because I was looking at what Rye Benjamin and Michael Norman had done. So I think I've predicted pretty much every world record in the relay is going to fall, except for this one. So this is the final frontier of this pod, I think. Yeah, and again, I went, I got two out of four of my predictions correct. That's fifty percent. So I'm guaranteed to at least hit fifty percent of these three predictions. So it means I'm getting at least two of the three correct. Yeah, yeah. So. Either Tui's making the team, Kenny B's winning the 200, or this world record in the 4 by ones going down. Uh, Harvey says, Oblique Seville will run 9-6 and win world champs. Good to have another Oblique Seville fan. That's not happening. He's got to wait like, a few yeah. more years for that. However, nah, Oblique Seville it's... could be their next version of Johan Blake. Johan Blake had a big breakout at age 22. How old is Seville? Oh, he's still... Younger than that, right? Twenty-one. Yeah. So he turned, but he'll be twenty-two in March. So yeah, I mean, Blake turned twenty-two in twenty twelve, and then runs nine six. Oblique Seville yeah. turns twenty-two in twenty twenty-three. Maybe he runs nine six. I see the similarities because yeah. that's how all things work. It's all by similarities. <laughs> and the transitive property too. All right. Yes, of course. Classic. So those are the predictions. Uh, we got most of them wrong last year. We'll get more of them wrong this year, but you got to go Who for had the it. Boldest take the... of the six. Which, which one do you think is the boldest? Well, I don't think, I don't think the, your last two are that, or your, wait, which one? I had Caitlin Tui yeah, make the team. Two. Kenny B. Okay. win. Four by one. I think Kenny, eh, Kenny B of the four by one win world record are probably the most bold. I still think my 400 world record for the men is bolder. But I mean, I think Kenny B that. winning is the same thing as like watching Ryan Krauser lose. It happens. Yeah. So it's not that bold, is what you're saying. No, wait, yeah, I guess. Got me there. Got me there. Okay. All right. All right, what do you, what, what's left? What do we want to talk about? Oh, you want to talk about New Year's resolution? Did Gordon succeed or did Gordon fail? He wanted to dunk in 2022. If you follow along on social media, you already know the answer. But Gordon, tell us what happened. Did you achieve your goal? I did not. I did not achieve my goal. Fortunately, I came up short. 
I did a bunch of attempts on the 29th, 30th, and 31st. I did 22 attempts on the 29th. I did like 15 on the 30th, and then I did like another 15 on the 31st. We have a bunch of clips of me just getting there and coming up short. I had some friends watch me. The I got really excited because on the final day, there was like kids on the court. And I was mm. like, oh, this is just like the Tyrese Maxey photo where the kids are watching him dunk. And I was yeah, like, oh, yeah. these kids are going to see me dunk. It's going to be perfect. Uh, but <laughs> that one was good. When you jump that, you just got when you jump that often in a short period of time, you end up and you're just turned 30. I turned 35 over the weekend. At this age, my body did not react well. So I was, I was falling apart near the end. Um, but I got yeah, close, yeah. man. Look at this. Slow-mo. That was close. That was close. That's your, that's your right. best attempt. That was my closest attempt. That was my best attempt. So, like, so, look, look at this. Boom. And, oh, that's so That's pretty good. That's pretty that's good. pretty it's good, just... right? A golf ball that goes in. A tennis ball that goes yeah, in. Yeah, of course. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I already have just dunked a, a smaller ball. This is the first time trying to attempt with a real ball. Came up short. But here's the thing, Kevin. Mm. I have two options, but well, technically three. First option is I could just celebrate the Chinese New Year, which is in like mid-January, and give myself okay. an extra two weeks to get this goal. Second idea is I just say I'm going to do it by end of March because mm -hmm. I was out for eight weeks with a broken collarbone. So I would like add two weeks to my goal. I can I mean, add two months to my deadline. But the third option is like I'm just gonna keep doing it until I get it. Like I don't need to yeah. stop. If I if I dunk in April, who cares? So that's what I'm gonna do. Yeah. I'm going to continue attempting to dunk until I get it. Just need a little more time. Yeah. Keep training. Get after it. There's no reason to yeah. throw away all the progress you made. You're way closer when you exactly. started. We can see this this before and after is pretty striking. <laughs> in terms of how how athletic you look in one uh, versus the other, I think yeah. you should keep keep going. I think now is the time though when you got to consult with the the dunkers for some specific stuff. You know, yeah. riding on the riding on the bike and doing a bunch of push ups and doing some box jumps and stuff like now. I think you got to get specific because now we're talking about small yeah. margins. So now is when yeah. you call. Mutaz, Esha Barshim, or Vashti Cunningham, like use your uh, use your connections here to figure out how you can get this done. Yes, I should do that. I did have a friend who was a basketball player in D three who knew how to dunk. He was sending me texts and DMs and advice. I even had my college coach following up, giving me advice. It was great. I love to all the people who are positive towards it. I really appreciate the people reaching out. Um, but yeah, I need a. This was the first time trying to dunk with a ball. I did. I, I waited till December 29th to practice with an actual real ball. Like, that's yeah, probably not ideal. I didn't practice strategic dunking. Era. I just, I just worked out and then thought that I would mm -hmm. jump higher because I worked out a lot. But I did jump higher. Yeah. I just now I need to actually yeah, practice the dunking. Right. That's what I'm saying. You need to get, yeah. you need to get specific now. You you've gone as far as you can go. I think just with the general fitness. So. Hey, I came up short on mine too, but I'm not giving up. I'm I'm re-racking it. So how did how did your uh 200 meter not 200 meter uh 200 pound bench goal turn out? Poorly. Um, I didn't get video of it, but if it was captured by video, it would be more embarrassing than yours. 
You know, did you ever know? Did you ever know the person in high school or college who was really bad in races, but they would tell you about how great their workouts were? It's like, yeah. man, my mile workout time's warriors. this, but yeah. I, yeah, but then they'd tell you the workout splits. They'd be like, but I did six times four hundred with sixty seconds rest at whatever, and that equates to so much better. That's what I was doing on New Year's Eve. It didn't make sense. The fact, the weight that I that I got up was so far below what I thought I could do. Um, I didn't think I was in at 200. I thought I could maybe get to 190, but at least get into solid 180s. I hit 175, like no problem. And then it was my first time ever in 180 and just nothing. I was like, ah, I messed it up. Let me try it again. Second try, no dice. So yeah, I was the guy. I was like, yeah, but I repped I did three sets of three at 165. How could I not get 180 once? And then I was just like, listen to yourself, Kevin. You sound like a dork. Work harder. So, so that's what I'm going to do. You did 175. You did, got to 175? Yeah, but that was not. Okay. That what, was, that was, was your, obvious. That was obvious. What was, your max, what was your max on January of 2022? Like a year ago. Oh, I maybe like 150 or something like that. 140. I'm not sure. You went from 150 to 175? Yeah, but again, it's not. So you got halfway there. Yeah, I'm not giving up because I think it was a bad, again, I'm going to do the workout warrior thing. It was just a bad indication of where I'm at. If I did it a month ago, I, I would again, I wouldn't have got 200, but something went wrong this last couple months. I'm going to go back. What do we say? Go back to the drawing board, look at all my old workouts, talk to my coach, figure out what went wrong. But I'm going to do, so I can just re, have the same goal. My New Year's resolution, 2023, 200-pound bench. I'll throw a, a deadlift one in there. I'll say like 300 on deadlift. I don't even know how challenging or doable that'll be, but I just like round numbers. I got a round number uh, thing going right now. So what are you going for in 2023? So the, I, the, the ideal situation was I would have completed the dunk, right? So things are kind of off right now, but – so I have two goals, right? The first goal is going to be to complete the dunk, and I'm just going to try to do it as soon as possible, hopefully before outdoor season starts. So maybe like by March. Complete the dunk okay. by March, which then gives me less time to get my 2023 goal done. But a few, few months ago, a few weeks ago, I thought about this. This is what I want to do in 2023. I want to do a backflip on the ground, standing. No trampoline, no swimming pool, a backflip. You're not going to believe this. I wish I interjected. I was going to guess that's what you're going for. Really? Literally in my head, I said he's going to say a backflip. Partially because like a month ago, you said I have a goal in mind, but it's going to be insane. And then I was watching football yesterday and someone scored a touchdown and they did a backflip. And I just thought that's just such a crazy athletic thing to do. Because how do you even practice that? <laughs> like, like, whoops, <laughs> missed it. Like, the audacity, yeah, exactly, with which to that you, the, just the, the confidence in your athleticism to do it. And then I thought back to I was like, I bet Gordon's gonna go for a backflip this year. Uh, yeah, good luck, man. Um, Colt, producer Colt, thoughts on that for Gordon? That sounds terrifying. Honestly, like I, I would be afraid I'd hurt myself very badly if I did a backflip. Good. I mean, it's a good that, goal, though. That one you need to consult with experts. Yes, for sure. You need to figure out how. Here's you, the how thing: you I'm not gonna for like. Sure. I'm not gonna be like, all right, 
day one, go stand on a cement floor and be like, let's go. Let's see what happens. Like, I'm not going to, like, do like, you got to go to, like, a trampoline first, park first or something. Flip. Yeah. Into a, a trampoline foam park. Pit. Practice jumping I mean, into f- water. <laughs> like, I've never, I've never even attempted a backflip in water. Like, so I don't even know how to my, get my body to, like, do that. So there's going to be a lot of, like, yeah. jumping off of a trampoline, jumping off of a diving board, get my body used to spinning, and then keep on working out, keep on staying athletic, and then it will come. But first, I got to get I mean, the, the videos. So the videos gonna happen crazier than the dunk, yeah. that's for sure. If you come up short on the backflip, the videos will be uh, more... I guess entertaining for the audience. Although I'm, I'm, I'm worried for you. Like Colt, do you have any non-athletic resolutions? No. <laughs> okay, that's it. All right. Do you have one, Colt? Oh, my goal last year was to read thirty books. I came up short on that one too. I think I did Ooh, sixteen. Okay. So I'll, halfway. I'll probably... Yeah. Good numbers. Better than nothing. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about learning, learning an instrument, maybe. What instrument? Learning a new language. Oh, probably guitar. Okay. I'm I'm trying to redo all the stuff that I should have done in college, right? Like, I sh- I took a bunch of Spanish, but I never like got all the way there. I took some guitar classes, never got all the way there. Never really lifted weights, but you know, walked past people lifting weights. You know, never never picked one up. I, I'm I'm just reliving my early twenties, basically trying to right some wrongs. I think. I see. What about you, Colt? Gotta learn Wonder Wall by the time you're you're forty or something, um, <laughs> dude. That would be amazing. If I, that. I'll, I will perform it live. Christmas special I'll next year. It live on the pod if I can do that. You have my word. Uh, I'm gonna do stand up in 2023. I think for the first time. That's the goal. Hey. We'll see what happens. Whoa, that's the plan. Wow. You, gotta, you need a bring if if you're doing a bringer show, you can bring me and Kevin. Hell yeah! So I'll invite you guys. I'll let yeah, you know. We will be there. The dirtiest bar in Austin. There. I'll be there. I'll support yeah. you regardless. I've never been to one of Gordon's parties, but I will go to your first stand-up. Cold. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah Maybe you, you can word. come to like the fourth or fifth. Let me, let me get a couple runs in before I invite people, but we'll see. No, you need you need friendly faces there. I'll laugh regardless. You'll just I'll be in the back. <laughs> I think that would make me feel worse. Honestly, I think that made oh, me very okay. sad. <laughs> Classic. Classic. Next best thing. That's the future. Netflix. Call this guy. This is going to be Anything fun. Else, Gordon? So we're going to have Rand, we're going to have clips of you dunking, meeting the clips of you uh benching 200 by mid-year. We'll have me attempting yeah, backflips we'll and we'll have stand-up bits and one-liners from Colt. We can do like a full <laughs> talent show. You can do a backflip. Yeah. I'll do 5 minutes. Kevin will sing Wonderwall. Yeah. It'll be it's a full production. December talent show is going to be awesome. Before you uh, go on stage, if you want to workshop some stuff, I know it's not the same as a live audience, but you know, the chat is pretty, I mean, you got how many people in the, sometimes we, you know, get a couple hundred people in the chat. I'll get the bits ready. I'll I'll, I'll have a type five by, I don't know, February or something. We'll figure it out. Yeah. And, and they just be like thumbs up, thumbs down, you know, because we can't actually hear them laughing. I think if you could do remote comedy, in and avoid the awkwardness i think in person would have to be a lot easier right it's got to be so weird stream comedy is crazy it never works almost but yeah yeah all right 
email address, uh, flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. We're going to send out the, the prizes for the Christmas stuff soon, too. So if you won one, yeah, which I get email. When I get back to Austin, that's when we'll do it. Yeah. So. I got the I got the envelopes and the stamps ready. I just need to bring them in, and I need Gordon to help me write these personalized notes. But uh, no pod on Wednesday. Gordon's traveling. We'll be back Friday, and then we should be back to normal schedule. So nothing on Wednesday, uh, but we'll be back on Friday. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in live. If you haven't yet subscribed, please subscribe to the FlowTrack podcast. Thanks to Colt for producing. Thanks to my almost Duncan co-host, Gordon, for joining me as always. We'll be back on Friday. Talk to you guys then.